We uh, purchased the lodge in 1989. We do stuff just about any time of the year. Wild turkey in the spring. We have about 35 remote trout ponds. So we offer remote brook trout pond fishing. Uh, and then that goes into bear hunting, which then goes into upland bird uh, and deer hunting. And then for the rest of the winter, we do snowshoe hare hunting. And I came along was a snowshoe company. This snowshoe company had been made from a long time by for a variety of different people. I said, I'm going to make a shoe that will come flat down and carry the weight over the center of the shoe and one I can back up with. So this is how this started. And then I invented this snowshoe called a rabbit hunter. That's, we were rabbit hunters and I built this for rabbit hunting. I weighed 265 pounds. I needed a shoe that would keep me up in a thick, heavy cover that was m maneuverable and easy to get around. iconic hunting, fishing, and conservation opportunities in the world. Striped bass, whitetails in the big woods and suburbs, native brook trout, Maine moose, and the list goes on. Alongside these opportunities is a world-class, local-driven outdoor industry that has honed into the unique needs of New England hunting and angling. The Hunt Fish New England podcast brings you the men, women, and lore behind this region's incredible outdoor industry. This is hunting. This is fishing. This is New England. You related to Gordie Howe, the hockey player? No, but I wish I was. <laughs> I'm a hockey fan. I haven't missed a Bruins game in over 20 years. Viewership? Yeah. Like, do, you, do you guys make it down to uh, TD at all? Once a year. Nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Usually when they give away their shirts. Because <laughs> we're yeah. always busy during the hunting season. Yep. So we have to wait till after March 1st. Got it. Did you guys grow up playing hockey? Oh, yeah. Okay, nice. We played all the way through school and through college and beyond that. And men's leagues and stuff like that. Great. All right, so what, let's, um, let's get into it. Okay. Thank okay. you guys in advance for coming on. It means a lot, especially we love having the multi-generational companies on. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd like to focus on that topic, okay. especially. You lead. Um, we'll go. All right, so why don't you guys introduce yourselves and... Um, we can start with one company at a time. Yep. yep. Um, you guys have a lot going on, but it's all amazing, I think. Um, should we start where it all began? Sure. It's up to you. All right, Bob. Is that as the lodge? Or yeah. Or as the not-for-profit? Or let's the snowshoes? Start, let's start with... Um, we got the snowshoe here. Let's start with the snowshoes. Okay. Good. Yeah. We uh, purchased the lodge in 1989. And I came along was a snowshoe company. This snowshoe company had been made from a long time by a variety of different people. I went back as far as a guy named Walter York, which lived in Kiratunk, Maine. And he made these snowshoes for a long period of time that was passed on. So when we purchased the lodge, we made snowshoes and I had the guides making them all winter because we were basically a bear hunting lodge back then. Okay. With to move on to do other things. So all winter, my guides made snowshoes. And as we expanded our, I started taking snowshoe hare hunters. Mm -hmm. And we were using the snowshoes that were made back then. And I said, you know, these things just do not perform like they need to. Right. I'm in thick, heavy cover. I'm going, I can't back up. 
I got to go around all the time. <laughs> yeah, forwards only. There's no reverse right. in this and vehicle. Said, yeah. They're all tail draggers. <laughs> that means the tail of the shoe drags. Yep. So it comes into the snow differently. It comes in tail first. I said, I'm going to make a shoe that will come flat down and carry the weight over the center of the shoe and one I can back up with. So this is how this started. And then I invented this snowshoe called a rabbit hunter. That's, we were rabbit hunters and I built this for rabbit hunting. I weighed 265 pounds. I needed a shoe that would keep me up in a thick, heavy cover that was m maneuverable and easy to get around with. And so you're the uh, beginning part of your design to counteract that is the, be the back bevel here. Yeah. Talk us through the anatomy of the shoe. All right. These, uh, these pieces of wood are cut ourselves. We cut them uh, in the right area and they have to have at least seven grains per inch and what I'm referring to is how many grains there are on rings of the tree. Sure. We only use approximately two and a half inches on every board to make a snowshoe because it's been bolt cut. It's mm -hmm. cut to push against the snow so it'll have flexibility under carrying heavy loads. Okay, I see what you mean with the yeah. grains now, yeah. But it has to be cut when the wood is wet. And if it dries out, you can't put moisture back into the cell. So it has to be cut and utilized. If it doesn't, we seal the end and put it in the pond and let it dry. Okay. Stay, make, make sure it stays wet until yep, we cut yep. it. Then we do them all at once to keep them in the shade. Then they got to be sanded, planed. And this is one piece. This is 10 feet long. Wow. But to make that, make the molecules in that piece of wood bend and stay like that is a trick. And it took us a while to figure out how to do it, but we have... Now we make snowshoe wheelchairs. We make furniture. Yep. So I have I I work in like the rehab world. Mm -hmm. So like I'm familiar with wheelchairs and all that. Sure. What is a snowshoe wheelchair? I they didn't talk about that in grad school. They didn't. No. no. Well, it's a it's a wooden snowshoe. Yep. It's a wooden chair with a snowshoe back, all made out of wood. Round wooden wheels, <laughs> brakes, the whole works. And uh, I went to have it inspected, and it was so difficult to go through a federal inspection to sell these that we donated them and we have them in the pentagon we have them in all no different. way oh yeah wow. and they're made for indoors but anyway uh very that, cool. that all happened because we made this shoe this rabbit hunter and experimented with it and we made this out of neoprene at first mm -hmm. but neoprene the price went up so high that it wasn't feasible for people to buy them. So we had to find a company or another material to make this. The webbing. The webbing. Yep. And I tried and tried to find a rope company in the state of Maine to do this. And none of them really wanted to. Finally, I found an engineer and a company to build this for me. This is seven times stronger than nylon, five times stronger than a parachute cord. Will not stretch, gather any moisture, has a UV killer in it. No bugs and squirrels will eat it. Nice. And so storage is no problem. Well, a lot of my people in British Columbia, Saskatchewan, Alaska, uh -huh. put these in their trapping shed. Right. Hang them up, and they were. They said we'd come back, and the squirrels ate them. They don't do these anymore. So, the wood local in Maine. Yep. yep. Every piece is made Every, in Maine. Wow. Yep. Incredible. And um, it's got Bingham engraved or burned on there. Is, is that the the headquarters for the snowshoe company? It is now? really Pleasant Ridge. Okay. They, there's only 40 people that live in that town. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we we're talking about Bingham, that before Maine. we started. See, it's the same uh, zip code. Tell us about tell us about Pleasant Ridge real quick. Pleasant Ridge is a 
township. It's yep. a pleasant, it's a plantation. It was uh, where the river is now, where the lake is, Wyman Lake. And back in years ago, that was a perfect place when Central Maine Power owned it to put a dam. Mm-hmm. So they went to the people in town and asked them if they would move higher on the ridge. And they voted on it and decided they would. So they came in and it was like a three-year project where they cut all the trees, left the building standing, and flooded it and made Wyman Lake. And everybody moved higher on the ridge. Got it. But nothing is ever for sale on Pleasant Ridge. The people that live there do not sell. They just I don't get, think they should. They just stay there <laughs> forever. And there's royalties for doing this. And uh, But it is, it's just completely different. The ridge is different. Got it. Yeah. Got it. All right, so um, the shoe has won some awards or has been involved in a a lot of high-caliber sport and things. Tell us about that. Uh, This shoe is, um, you know, I started experimenting with with us wearing it and other... Can I check it out real quick? Yeah, go right ahead. Keep going, Bob. Sure. Us um, wearing it, experimenting with it, keep testing it, trialing it, and it had to stay as light as an aluminum snowshoe. Yeah. But with a lot more flexibility. If you went on my website, you can see how I walk on it at 260 pounds, walking beside a guy at 180 on aluminum. He's sinking to his knee, and I'm sinking approximately three inches. You showed me those pictures. It was like yeah. it was like a bird had stepped, like right. as deep as a bird step would be. It was phenomenal. And you can tell this track Thank anywhere you. in an airplane, because yeah. it, it makes a clean track. A regular tail dragon makes a dirty track. It throws the snow on both sides of the That's track. That's what I noticed, especially like um, ice fishermen who wear them. Exactly. A cloud of uh, snow dust behind them. And well, it's like, what's yeah. go- how does that even work? Well, this, you know? these holes in here are what's holding you up. We design the holes according to what area in the world you are in. Like the guys out in Idaho are on dry, fluffy snow. We have to downsize the size of the hole to walk on fluffy snow. This size has been done for New England, where we have... And the snow changes all the time. Yeah. There's probably 17 different kinds of snow, mm-hmm. depending on how much moisture is in the snow. So the same shoe has to be able to perform in all those categories, see? And these aren't made for, for sidewalk walkers. These are made for people that make a living on snowshoes. Uh, surveyors, timber cruisers, the tactical team, state police wear them all in Maine in other states all over the United States game wardens in 17 different states wear them special forces wear them I sent them to Alaska and had them test in their analyzing test lab in Alaska and they went through the whole thing so anyway uh, okay there's a there's a big following on this shoe all over the United States I just can't make them fast enough right but that's another whole story is how they're made and what how what really happens to these I am really an outfitter that makes snowshoes, and I couldn't do them fast enough. So mm-hmm. my not-for-profit, one of the gentlemen that came, was a teacher at a prison. And he said, hey, Bob, would you teach prisoners to make these snowshoes? And I said, nope, I spent a whole lifetime staying out of that joint. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, oh, no, no, this is a minimum security prison. And yep. uh, these are people getting ready to come back to society. They have two to three years left. And they need skills. So we went back and forth. And uh, after a period of time, they decided to send one to the lodge. And this was over a year and a half long process. And the gentleman's name was Tom Sands that headlined it at the Charleston Correctional Institute in Maine. And we met with the commissioners and all their attorneys and stuff and made sure it was all good. And we did it. And I brought him to the lodge, 
showed them how to make them. And then I said, take all this equipment back to the prison, the frames, and you make them, and my not-for-profit will purchase them from you. So that shoe is actually owned by Maine Pine Grove Programs, yep. which is a registered 501c3 that takes veterans, policemen, and firemen hunting and fishing for free every week. Wow. Through so, all seasons? All seasons. Bear, bear about, through duck? Uh, 450 guys a year I bring for free. Wow. This is how I fund it. But the prison has made the frames, sells it to Maine Guide Snowshoes. See, Pine Grove Program owned it. Yep. Sells it to Maine Guide, uh, Guide Snowshoes for a percentage, and that's what I use to fund this not-for-profit. Wow. Then they're tied by prisoners that are out on the street now or disabled vets. Giving they them a make purpose. a living tying yeah. them, along with uh, women with kids with Down syndrome, uh, all different kinds. That of round stuff. of applause was for those guys, but it was really for you. No, no, and no. What you just did. That <laughs> was like perfect we timing. We didn't do nothing. <laughs> that is such an amazing story. Um, so that, that program's still going right now. It, it goes yeah. all the time. Incredible. Yeah. So let's get into it a little bit more with Pine Grove Lodge. And it sounds like the lodge happened. You needed some shoes. You wanted to give the guys stuff to do after bear season. Mm -hmm. That resulted in the evolution of the shoe. Right. Um, but we have your son Wyatt here who's going to be taking over the lodge. Right. Um, let's talk about Pine Grove Lodge and cabins, what you guys offer, mm -hmm. and um, just what it's like to be the initial owner and to pass it down into a second generation. Wyatt grew up in the lodge. He was born there. So he's been has spent a whole lifetime. Uh, I used to carry him in a pack basket fly fishing in the river. <laughs> nice. I carried him in a pack basket rabbit hunting, and he would carry the rabbits in a pack basket because we had sports. We don't hunt. Mm -hmm. We just have people every day, so we don't carry a gun right. because they didn't pay me to go hunting. <laughs> but he was a rabbit carrier and uh, that type of thing. And uh, after he he's a graduate from Norwich, and uh, he's a cadet from there, and thought he was going to work for something in the law enforcement field, and then decided I think I want to be an outfitter and do what you're doing. So cool. he can tell you now what he wants to do. Did you, uh, just real quick, did you go to the Big Woods Bucks um, last night? They talked about, like, um, the lifestyle of a, of a outfitter or anything like that. I didn't make it there. It no. was, like, kind of like the same story. A lot of, some guys, like, they had this idea what they wanted to do, but they're like, nah, like, I want to get into outfitting. I want to be outside, mm -hmm. that type of thing. Like, give people good experiences. Yeah, definitely. I, I spent quite a bit of time, uh, like, traveling during, during college. Mm -hmm. uh, I spent some time in different cities across the, across the world, really. Uh, and after that, I kind of came back and I was like, that's not, it's not for me. Right. Being somewhere in the woods, taking people on trips and giving people a memorable experience is kind of what I want to do. Yeah. So. And then passing, uh, continuing the legacy your dad started. Exactly. So what does um, Pine Grove Lodge offer right now um, for services? We do stuff just about any time of the year. Anything from wild turkey in the spring all the way through, uh, we have about 35 remote trout ponds. No that way. Are, that are within like a half an hour drive of our lodge. Yeah. Uh, so we offer uh, remote brook trout pond fishing. Uh, and then that goes into bear hunting, which then goes into upland bird uh, and deer hunting. And then for the rest of the winter, we do snowshoe hare hunting. Phenomenal. Good yeah. year for brook trout, I hear, with all yeah. the rain and stuff, keeping the ponds cool. Yeah, it was great. It was, it's been really good. Um, I spent quite a bit of time on the ponds and uh, I've had quite a few really good days. And you'll take, will you take spin fishermen, fly fishermen, everybody? Anyone. Anyway, we can do anything. 
Um, I'm a fly fisherman, like by trade. Mm -hmm. uh, I've taught a lot of people how to do it, and uh, that's what I specialize in. But I can do pretty much anything. All right, and you got your guide's license and all that already. Yep. You're ready to roll. Ready to rock and roll. All right, Bob. What's it mean to you to have your son uh, take over the business? That's a really good thing. Uh, it's uh, pretty unique to see him learn from being part of it, but to now start to take control. And mm -hmm. even when he was three years old, we would be in uh, Harrisburg doing a show there, and he would be wearing a guide patch and a guide <laughs> passing out <laughs> brochures, and you know, so. Uh, about 1,200 people a year go through the lodge, so, and we've been there for 26 years. Wow. So a lot of people know him from day one. See, we haven't taken any new customers for a long time. Okay. Because I have an 82% total return every year. So That's saying something. Now, Wyatt wants to take over, and he, I'm trying to, was trying to retire because I thought he was going to go work for the FBI or uh, for other organizations for the government, but now he isn't. So this is why we decided to come to this show, is to, to have a, a, an opening for him and just to meet all the people in this industry mm -hmm. uh, as an adult, not just a young fella back then because he was gone to school for f four years. And, yep, yep. Mm -hmm. So taking the reins, essentially. Yep. And there's a lot of good shows in, in Maine, too, obviously. Right, the, the, the Augusta show and some yep. others, too. There's several. They were, I, we'll be I there. suspect you guys will be there, yeah. yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, What's it looking like for bear this year? What do you guys offer for bear services? Well, I can tell you. Well, we haven't done much bear in the recent history, recent past. Yep. Um, we have quite a few baits, but we have been putting almost all of our attention for bear hunting on our nonprofit. Got it. Uh, so we basically have solely taken people from our nonprofit bear hunting. Last year we took 38 people nice. on completely free bear hunts. Yep. And... Um, now, we will take two or three paying customers just to kind of help us fund everything. Sure, sure. Uh, but that's about all we've done. And we've had good success with that. Uh, and now that I'm coming into this, I'm kind of trying to ramp it up a little bit. Not a, not a ton, mm -hmm. but we'll stay, take a few more. Yeah, it's like it's hard for me to, to realize how much you guys are actually doing, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The not-for-profit's like its own business in itself, and you guys are, you know, full-fledged into both of them. And, and it makes sense, like, if, so you got, you're putting guys on baits. Yes. Essentially, yep. and I'm sure there's some some guys and gals with like mobility issues mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. So the baits are a perfect opportunity for them. Yeah, mm -hmm. we keep several of our baits that are actually wheelchair accessible, uh, so we can help them into the stand, and we'll we'll help them all the way through. Awesome. So then, what do you guys get going on after bear? After bear, we do kind of up one bird, I and mean, we will do some early snowshoe hare hunts. Fun. Um, like October is snowshoe hare hunting. We'll still do be doing some fishing. Mm -hmm. We do some cast and blast trips where they'll go bird hunting and then rabbit hunting and that fishing. That sounds like a blast. It is. It's a lot of fun. And then um, we are all, all throughout, throughout the summer and throughout the fall leading up to deer season, we're getting ready. And even throughout the winter. We're in the woods every day, all year. And every day that we're in there is just scouting. Sure, sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like scout in, scout out, right? Exactly. No matter what you're doing. All right. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about that we didn't cover? We kind of bounced around, but I think we did a good job. We covered the Pine Grove program, the main guide snowshoes, as well as the Pine Grove uh, Lodge and cabins. Anything else about either of those you guys want to plug? See, most of our work done in, we're really deer hunters, rabbit hunters, and fishermen uh -huh. by trade. That's what we basically zero in on. and. 
I think right now we have over 100 deer stands out, 45 ground blinds and 14 huts. Wow. And a lot of them are all set in the wintertime on snowmobile and tracked vehicles. We can mm. travel over the top of these choppings, set them up, pinpoint them exactly, cut our shooting lanes, do all the work we need to do ahead of time. All we have to do is visit again one more time in October, make sure that the tree hasn't loosened up or right. put straps on them. Or fallen. <laughs> then we re-flag <laughs> yeah. them. We flag them in and bright-eyed them out so the hunters can find their ways in and out. Oh, nice. Yep. Nice. Yep. And um, But we can't guarantee you're going to get a big deer right but i can guarantee you're going to eat well <laughs> yeah i was going to ask I, I, i'm sure a lot of the repeat customers are coming back for the the full experience which includes the the lodging and food yeah we actually a lot of our guys actually will have a competition to see who can gain more weight <laughs> they all put twenty dollars in the pot <laughs> and they get on a scale when they come when they register in and then the they have a weight registered down and they see how much they can gain <laughs> <laughs> that's funny i gotta tell my uh, my fishing camp guys that yeah that's hilarious why well, it works for a, a, a fishing camp in maine yeah and um it's the oldest you can tell them uh it's the oldest private fishing camp in the country um i think a lot of they have their like a couple hundred year old cabins and stuff wow yep i'll buy you guys North, north of us. Okay. Yeah. It's fly fishing, everything? Only fly fishing. Okay. Yep. So you're a diehard fly fisherman. I am. Do you, do you mess around with the uh, the main fly fishing company at all? A little bit. A little bit. I just I just found out about them this year. I want to really look into their stuff. They, they're starting to make rails and things. Yeah, they have, they have a lot of great stuff. Okay. Yep. Cool. Wyatt is starting a, a fly rod company called Square Tail Rods. That's a cool name. Yeah. I mean, we don't have enough to do. <laughs> so we need yeah. to branch out more. Yeah, you guys are making me feel like underachiever. Yeah, right so here. we're gonna. I'm gonna offer um, like fully inclusive classes. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I'm gonna focus on. Where you'll come to the lodge, you'll spend a weekend. Uh, we'll provide everything for you. Saturday, you'll make the rod, and then the next day, we'll actually have the opportunity to go out on a guided fishing trip and use your rod to catch some fish. Wow, that's something I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. Okay, so more to come on that. More to come. Will you keep keep me posted when that happens? I will, definitely. Okay, awesome. You know, um, I feel like we could talk all day. You guys Good. probably have a ton of stories, um, but I know you got a booth. You got to go, man, and you know, get the name out there some more. Um, not that you need customers, but you got a booth set up. Um, I really, really appreciate both of you coming on. It means a lot. Um, and just a, a rounder to everybody. Um, it's Bob and Wyatt Howe, main guide, snowshoes and furniture. Pine Grove Lodge and Cabins, and their not-for-profit, the Pine Grove Program. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. you very much.